The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your under-the-weather host, Ralph Marlboro, and it is the middle of the week, and as always, in the off-season, we do the mega-podcast because we need as many voices to talk about as little Saints news as we have. So we have Andrew Juge from the Saints Nation, our fearless leader, Dave Carriello from Canal Street Chronicles, on his way to shoot pool and dominate. He's probably already drunk. And Kevin Held from the hellhole that is St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Everybody said, hey, Mickey Loomis, he worked his cap magic again. He's got the Saints near the cap. Um, how much is how much of his work is really cap magic, and how much of it is you got to get under the cap by the deadline or the NFL finds you or whatever? So how much, of, how much of it is him doing a great job, and how much of it is just doing what has to be done? Oh, I think he's absolutely doing a great job because – I think he knew what he was doing. I mean, this was all part of the master plan, and I think that when all these contracts were signed a long time ago, he knew that eventually it was going to potentially blow up in his face, and, and he had a plan. And so I, I think that we're, we're seeing that now. This, this is the year where all of those contracts and all those veterans are getting a little bit bigger. The contracts are getting bigger. The veterans are getting a little bit older, and it's all rearing its ugly head. And I think Sean Payton and Lemus both feel like the team is still in their prime, and so, um, you know, why not make make another run while Drew Brees is still healthy, Drew Brees is still playing at a high level, and so um, I, I think it's pretty genius. I mean, it's all it's all fitting right in with the plan, and I, I think what's most remarkable, I mean, they're going to have to do something about Will Smith and Vilma, and we'll figure out what happens with their contract soon. But they're even with the cab, despite – they're two monstrosities of a final year of their deal. Um, and I think, I think Will Smith is like 14 and a half million against the cap this year, which is just sickening to think about. But um, the fact that neither guy has been released yet and they're still kind of sort of close to the cap, if they can restructure those two deals, um, they, they could actually make a significant play in free agency. And um, I, I think I mean, as of today, the only guys they've really gotten rid of are Dave Thomas and Johnny Patrick. So I don't really see either of those as significant losses for the team. So, I mean, say what you will about Vilma and Will Smith. They're definitely declining players. Uh, But if they're role players in the 2013-2014 version of the Saints, you know, if they're they're not full-time starters but they're still leaders, they're still guys that are contributing, if someone goes down they can give you spot starts or whatever – um, they're worth having around. I mean, getting rid of them altogether would be a blow to the Saints. I mean, as bad as they were last year, I still think those are tough guys to replace, and the Saints don't really have the cap room or the draft picks to overhaul their team completely. So, you know, you retain those parts, and on top of that, you get below the cap and add some players on top of that. All of a sudden, you know, we, we were talking week for weeks about depth and how the Saints really lacked it. Well, all of a sudden... You've got Will Smith as a role player, and you've got another guy that's 
spelling him, and, and the Saints are deeper. Well, Dave, um, and I think I think you made this astute point when we were excited last year when the Saints were doing all this free agency moves, and you sort of looked at the contracts and you were like, "Man, this is really cool that they're doing all these moves, but they're kind of going to be locked into these guys where they Bunkley and Hawthorne and the like." So they're still going to be on the team. So this defense was the worst defense in NFL history, yet Bunkley's still going to have a big role. Hawthorne is still going to have a big role. Are we okay with the restructuring and kind of going into next year with mostly the same cast of guys? Is I mean, are, if, that's, if that happens, how, how okay will you be with that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, pretty good, that's a pretty good point. I mean, basically – they are sort of locked in, and I mean, on the one hand, and I agree with absolutely every damn word that Andrew mm-hmm. just said, you know, uh, but uh, on the one hand, you know, they're doing a good job of getting under the cap uh, and getting to work, and that's all fine and dandy, but in essence, they're not doing it by releasing players and and going out to get new guys. They're doing it by simply working around the current contract because they are kind of locked in with these guys. They can't just cut them because it's going to hurt them just as much. Uh, it'll hurt them more. So, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's great that they're doing this and getting another salary cap, cap, cap. I mean, they have to do that. Uh, and, you know, it's business as usual. You know, somebody asked me in, you know, in one of our mailbag things, they said, how are they going to get under the cap? I'm kind of scared. It's just like, you know, they'll restructure some people. They'll cut some people. Mickey Loomis will work his magic and poof, it'll be done. Uh, and, that's kind of what happened. Uh, I mean, I think it was fairly obvious. I think we all knew how they would do it. And I think they've, you know, they've pretty much done exactly what everybody expected, with the exception of maybe restructuring, doing a little more restructuring and less cutting. But, uh, so it's good and bad. Again, it's good because they're doing what they need to do to get under the cap. And, and granted, there's still more work to do. I mean, getting under the cap is one thing. But, I mean, if they want to actually improve the team and go out and find other players, they need to get under the cap. Um, but uh, but at the same time, like you said, they're kind of locked into these guys and, you know, that, that, that could vote poorly for, for the Saints considering what we saw last year. On the other hand, I mean, you know, there's, I'm expecting a complete overhaul in scheme and attitude and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So it's very likely that, as Sean Payton says, you know, the guys, are in the building, so um, maybe maybe their problems weren't so much the personnel, but uh, last year I'm talking about weren't really so much the personnel as much as, you know, scheme and, and, and the coaching and how they got along with the coach and all that. So, Kevin, that's a, that's, I, Dave, that's a good point, man, because what, what I was, if I can jump in real quick, yeah. that's one thing I really noticed, and unless things change in the next few weeks with Vilma and Will Smith, and unless we see some changes, the, the statements that have basically, and, you know, we always talk about don't listen to what they say, let's watch what they do. So far what we've seen, Ralph, from the Saints is that Spagnola and Scheme is what's fallen on the sword for this debacle yeah. of a defensive season. And so yeah. what have they done? They, they've changed to a 3-4 and they've fired the coach and hired a new one. But other than that, there's been no changes to the personnel. So if anything, Sean Payton saying, I've won with these guys. They're they're not being used the right way, and I still believe I can win with these guys. And um, I mean, based on what we're seeing, that's the statement that they're they're saying that they believe in these players, 
And unless something drastic happens in the next few days with one of these guys getting cut or a big signing or whatever, um, that that's kind of the, the position and the stance it seems like they're taking. Well, Kevin, here's my question, and it sets up it sets up really good with with Andrew just jumping in right there because it's it's sort of a crazy question, and I like to throw those at you, uh, especially in days when my voice is shot. So feel free to just go nuts. Um, the Jets have Darrell Rivas on the trade. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. And, you know, San Francisco says they're skittish. They don't want to give up a number one pick. And we know the Saints, no. would, have, the Saints would have to do some stuff to create some cap room. And basically... No. If they went in, if they go all in on Revis, is it no. the risk to give the number one pick and sign Revis and say, fuck it, no. go in for it all now? No. no. What about hell no? no? What about hell no? No. no. Hey, where's the profanity? Uh, it, it, look, uh, well, it, it, the, the insanity is it has been has been wither away as of late because it's still fucking cold up here. Uh oh, it's, it's fucking thirty five degrees right now and I'm downtown, which is like a giant wind tunnel. So if you walk outside prepare to be pelted in the face by wind, even when it doesn't look like it's windy. Um so that kind of just takes takes a lot of the verve out of me. I, I, I have to work myself up into a rage just to make the walk from my car to work just so I can stay warm enough to open the door. Um, hey, 14 so, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so no, no Darrell Revis. No Darrell Revis. I'm not interested in, in a corner that's coming off of, of uh, drastic knee surgery. I don't care... You know, you can point at Adrian Peterson all you want. Uh, Adrian Peterson is either A, an utter freak of nature and the exception to the rule, or B, there was some shenanigans going on. Uh, And I'm not even levying any percentages on either or. It's it's either or that. He's either the rare freak of nature or shenanigans. So you want to roll the dice on... 
on a on on a cover on a cover corner to come in and suddenly throw what few picks are left with the Saints that haven't been robbed from us already by uh, by the guy sitting on the Iron Throne uh, to throw at a, at, a, at a potentially hobbled maybe on his on his last uh, maybe on his way out or maybe one bad pivot or hit from being ruined? No. No. Listen, I get everybody saying, yeah, that's 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 how you saw my whole feeling was better. No. Just just a frustrated, head-shaking, no, man. No. Um, I get the whole... That I guess the whole sense of urgency, windows closing, Drew Brees isn't getting younger, blah, 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 blah. But unless you're going to suddenly turn around and, like, land people that I, – I just – no, man. <laughs> no. No. I get, I get wanting to win now. But, but it's not like we're getting people who, who are going to the Pro Bowl – now, or, yeah. or, or have the potential to go to the Pro Bowl, no. We're getting a guy that's coming off serious injury, needs surgery, and I, I, it, it, too much risk. Too much risk. We, we, it's, it's, it, there, has to be some, there has to be some show of building toward the future. And, and I, I know that sounds weird to be saying because Drew Brees is only 33 or just turned 34 or whatever. But there has to be some sign that, okay, we can't just be focused 100%, 100% on this, on, on the Drew Brees era. We have to look a little bit further ahead. I'm not saying, I'm not saying draft a quarterback in round one or even draft a quarterback this year. But steps have to be taken. A found, the, the foundation has to be made and investments have to be made now and in next season to ensure that this team doesn't slip back into shitsville <sighs> when Drew Brees is no longer the quarterback. Uh, it, oh, it, it, I, I, I don't I don't want I you I might, don't you might want, as well prepare for that. Well it, I, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to. I refuse to see. I refuse to see the ground that this franchise has taken in the last seven years, eight years, because of what? Well, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready to acknowledge that yet. So you're going to be disappointed. Well, I mean, I, th- I, th- I th- well, I grew up disappointed, so I, you know that's that's why I'm not prepared to make that trip back to. The, the, the well, you're going back to your roots. Well, then here's the here's the question. And I'll start with you, Andrew. What sort of, you know, go negative, go negative. I mean, it is. I mean, if you if they went with Revis, it would kind of be like just being like, this is it, boys. We're betting on Revis to get us there. So, but Andrew, what? is a more realistic expectation for the Saints this offseason as you look at the cap and you say, is it is it a couple guys? Is it like a Connor Barwin for the Texans who started out good but the last couple of years has sort of tailed off? What is sort of an, a, a reasonable expectation for them to do in the offseason where you go, they sign these 
couple of guys, that's as good as they could do. I'm pleased with it. What should we? What should we be? Ex- what should we? What should our expectation be this off season when this, as the Saints head into free agency? Well, I think if the Saints pick up three new starters that you deem are upgrades um, over what they currently have, I think you walk away with it happy. So you know they're sitting there at that 15th pick, and you know we're hopeful that between Deion Jordan and Jarvis Jones and Arkevius Mingo and all all those talented defensive players that could fall to 15, that they'll get one of those guys and that they'll make an impact in year one. So that that's that's number one, and that's your hope. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, I don't even think they're going to make a, a splash like a Curtis Lofton. I don't even think they'll make a land a player that, that's that big. And so, um, you just have to hope that um, you can get a veteran in there. I mean, Dawson, the ancient nose tackle of the, of the Steelers, is a free agent, and maybe you can convince him to make a playoff run with the Saints. And you know, he's a 350 pound, three four nose tackle through and through. And so, you know, that that that's. Uh, that's the player that, you know, maybe makes sense um, for them. And then, uh, you know, Ed Reed is another guy that's been talked about a lot. You know, you get a veteran in there that's kind of on the sharp, Darren Sharper twilight of his career money. Um, and so if you can pick up a guy like that, and then maybe you invest in, like, close to David Hawthorne money and a guy like uh, Derek Cox, the corner, you know, or, or out of Jacksonville or something like that, like a guy like that. Um, and so all of a sudden, that, that's three or four guys I just listed um, that could come in on the defense. And let's say they keep Will Smith, they keep Vilma. All of a sudden, the depth is feeling pretty good, and Bunkley is your backup, potentially, and knows. Um, and then they can really move some guys around and get some nice rotations and um, really upgrade their defense. So uh, I, I don't know how realistic it is that they're going to find some guys that's just going to completely change the defense, but – if they can, I mean, obviously they feel decent about the guys they've got in there already. So uh, you had three guys that are upgrades and, and that you know are able to start. Um, I think we all walk away from this offseason ecstatic. All right, Dave. The Giants signed their left tackle to, I believe, a six-year, forty million dollar contract, and they gave him twenty million guaranteed. Who was that? Oh, I forget his name, but he was, hes their left tackle, and he, he must really be worth it. Um, he must, Beetle he, or something? Yeah. But basically, it's basically he set the benchmark for what Bushrod's going to want. So if you're the Saints, do you give Bushrod, because he's going to say, I want that contract. Is Bushrod worth $20 million guaranteed and a $12 million signing bonus? No. No, he's not. He might get it, though, just because, I mean, the Saints may, uh, you know, the Saints might be in a sticky situation. I mean, but right now, they've, on the roster, they don't really have anybody better. I feel like they don't really have somebody who can even compete with them. Uh, so in, in, that, in, that sense, in that sense, I feel like Bushrod's got the upper hand here. But, um, you know, that's not saying, hey, you know, the Saints could do something crazy and just an offensive tackle in the first round. Uh, you know, you never know. Um, so I, I don't know. But is he worth that much money? No, I mean, I, don't, I really don't feel like he is worth them. I, I'd say he's a middling, you know, he's a – He's a middling tackle. I'd say he's a middle of the road kind of tackle. So I'd say he's worth average money. And the numbers you're throwing out seems a little high, a little high for me. Um, so, but but then again, like I said, you never know. Kevin, on a scale of one to uh, meltdown insanity, 
when they picked uh, Alex Molden instead of Eddie George, uh, how angry will people be if they pick a tackle at 15 in the first round, an offensive tackle? Well, I mean, if, if Bush Ride somehow walks between now and then, uh, not that much. I mean, I, I, I'd say not that much. I mean, but if he's still here and they take a tackle, uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this, yeah. It, it would be pretty pissed. I mean, if you're not taking some, if you're not taking def, if you're not taking defensive line or somebody in the secondary, uh, something that, you know, shit's got to get reevaluated. I mean, I, 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 I know Sean Payton's got this huge boner for best player on the board and all that kind of stuff, but I'm I'm kind of hoping that that, that, uh, that Rob Ryan is boisterous enough to say, "Listen, uh, <laughs> you, you got you got to kill me fucking somebody here, brother. You, you can't. I, I know I know this wide receiver or this tackle or this tight end looks really fucking awesome to you, and might be high on your board, but chief, you, you got to give me this corner, or you got to give me this this nose, or you got to you know, or hell, we got this outside linebacker here that that." Can fucking fill a gap and, and get after it. So you got to you got to give me one of them, man. Or he could just uh, start reading off statistics from the 2012 Saints defense. Uh, I, 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 something tells me Rob Ryan's not going to bust out his reading glasses <laughs> and and adjust them and say, "Oh yes, here they are." No, he's going to he's going to chuck he's going to chuck empty cans of uh, of uh, of steel at the uh, at the draft board and say, "I don't need any of this shit." Give me the give me this fucking guy, and hopefully Sean Payton will uh, will bend a little on it. Well, I mean, we'll have to we'll have to see, and we'll we'll get to the the draft is only fifty days away. As crazy as that sounds, um, we just have a couple more things, and I I want to do a broad NFL topic, and the, I'll start with you, Andrew. The the Joe Flacco contract to me, it seemed insane because. Joe Flacco, basically, he was going to get a really nice contract uh, when they were going to lose to Denver, and he completed basically a Hail Mary pass and went from making about 12 or 13 $14 million a year to being the highest paid quarterback, basically because he completed a Hail Mary and then had two more great games. And granted, he was great for those four playoff games, but the rest of his five-year career is kind of middling to average, um, at least with Drew Brees. He got his contract off of a complete body of work. If you were a Ravens fan, granted you'd be ecstatic you won the Super Bowl, but how concerned would you be that in two years you're going to be like, my God, we're paying Joe Flacco $22 million and he's the 20th best quarterback in football? Well, I mean, is it, would it really be all that different than this, uh, us as Saints fans feeling like, okay, well, Bounty Gate happened – yeah, this blows, but it was worth it, you know? Like, yeah, I guess. This for the Super Bowl we got in 2009, and so I think the Ravens are like, well, you know, he, he got paid because of timing, and he won the Super Bowl in his contract year, and we can't afford to lose him. So, you know, anything that happens from here on out, you know, live in the present. It was worth it. We won the title, man, you know? And so when you win the Super Bowl, I mean, it, 
Yeah, that that always comes at a price, and and it comes at a price. I mean, no price could ever be worse than Bounty Gate for winning a Super Bowl. I mean, I can't imagine that. You know, that as a direct result of winning the Super Bowl, you lose your head coach for an entire year. So, um, and 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 I would do it again. I would do it again. If you if you told me I could have the same scenario over again, or the Saints not win the Super Bowl, I don't think you could introduce me to a single Saints fan that would not take it. Um, so I, I think it's the same thing with the Ravens. You know, if Flacco implodes from here on out, and, and they've got some cap problems, and Ray Lewis is gone, and Ed Reed could be gone, and, you know, those were the face of the franchise, and that defense is not what it used to be. And, yes, they won a Super Bowl, but they're an aging and declining thing. And that, I really feel like that was kind of Baltimore's last hurrah and last run. So, you know, and Ray Rice is, is not getting any younger either. So, um I really feel like that team could be on the decline pretty quickly for a for a Super Bowl team. I mean, they, they they felt like an old Super Bowl champion, and so you know if they start to decline around Flacco and Flacco doesn't play that well, um, then that's going to suck for them. But I, I kind of I love it. I love it, Ralph. And the reason I love it is I feel like this kind of maybe evens the, the scales a little bit. You know, with the Saints being so top-heavy with, with Breeze and, and Manning. and it, it just makes it hard when you invest so much, such a high percentage of your salary cap in one player. Um, it just makes it hard to be able to sign other players and invest in other, you know, in, in teammates and, and get, get star players around your quarterback. Because, I mean, let's, there's 11 guys on the field, and quarterback is definitely the most important position, but – it's not just about that, and, and the Ravens proved that by winning the title this year. Um, and the team they played against, the 49ers, I mean, Colin Kaepernick is not a top five, top eight quarterback. So you can win with, with lesser talent at quarterback if you've got good players around him. Um, and what I think that what I was saying, I think that even the scales a little bit, is I think you're going to see Atlanta with Matt Ryan. And we, we know Aaron Rodgers' contract is coming up. Now, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is worth it. You know, he is an elite quarterback. But you've got guys like Matt Ryan, and you've got this whole slew of quarterbacks that are going to start to come up, like RG3 and Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger and all these kind of, you know, these guys that I view as on a similar level to Flacco. Hell, Michael Vick has gotten two $100 million contracts in his career. He's the only quarterback to ever get that. And he has never done anything to deserve that. Yeah. So I think you're going to see more of that. But as teams do that, it's going to be hard for them to invest in other players. And I really do believe you're going to see the, the talent kind of spread amongst teams more and not be concentrated on individual teams as much because teams, if they've got the superstar quarterback and they're investing all that money, it's just going to be tough to afford a nucleus of numerous superstars. Yeah. Um, and so based on that, I just think, I mean, look at Atlanta. They know that Matt, Matt Ryan contract is coming real soon, and they know it's going to cost them a ton. So gone are John Abraham, gone are Dante Robinson, gone are Michael Turner. And you're going to see teams like that. The Packers have, are, are already parting ways with Charles Woodson. And, mm. you know, they're going to have those, those teams that that are investing in these types of quarterbacks are going to have to cut really good players. And who knows, maybe the Saints can pounce on some of those guys. Yeah, Dave, I know your time is short, so I'm going to get get this question to you, and then if you need to go, you can you can bail. Um, what 
off-season move, as you know, you you guys on Country Chronicles have you know rated the rated the free agents by position stuff. What free agent move would the Saints make that would absolutely petrify you and scare you to death? And it doesn't have to be a specific player. It can be a position or just something that in the offseason that they would do that would really scare you to death heading to 2013. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Bring back Reggie. <laughs> that would scare me. Well, that would boggle my mind, but it would scare me. Uh, oh, that's a big question. Hmm. Um, what would scare me an off-season move? Um, <laughs> no, that's that wouldn't scare me either. I'm thinking of ridiculous situations. <laughs> I, I mean, they're not gonna, you know. I, I mean, the only thing that would scare me is just like it's not one move; it's a multiple. It's, it's multiple moves, and it would, it would be kind of if they went a little nuts with the. I mean, if they somehow created all this extra cap room, if they you know, cut some other people or whatever. You know, Mickey, they, they always seem to sign all these guys and you're always wondering, you're always wondering like, how the hell do they afford this? Uh, you know, if they went crazy and and not so much screwed themselves in 2013, but maybe it's beyond with contracts and uh, stuff like that, that would scare me. I mean, I don't think there's anything, uh, I mean, what could they possibly do that uh, that would be scary? I, I mean, I mean, you know, if you, like, give me an example. I mean, what are you thinking? What do you have in mind? What scares me is I'm a little bit scared with them at wide receiver. I uh-huh. feel like I feel like they need speed, and I feel like Devery Henderson's kind of done. And it will. It. I, I don't. Agree. I really don't agree with that. By the way, I, you know what? And and, and I, I don't. I don't think Devery Henderson's done. I mean, you know, he's not. Uh, he's no spring chicken, and he, he's not at the prime of his career. But uh, I think he's certainly serviceable, and he knows Sean Payton's. Um, you know, scheme, you know, and all of his crazy plays is very complicated. Uh, it's not really a system where a rookie can come in. I mean, Colston yeah. is the only person I think of who's ever come into the system and picked it up and succeeded. I mean, Arrington, Meacham, yeah. uh, what's True. his face, uh, Nick, uh, Nick, Nick, Toon. Is, Nick Toon. I mean, all of them, you know, they usually spend the first year on the bench or on IR or something like that. I think, I think just to watch, um, so I think getting rid of Devery. You'd be shitting yourself if the Saints signed Devery Henderson to a five-year, twenty-five million dollars. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you, okay. There you go. You're right. That that, you're, that is absolutely true. Yeah. I, I want I want them to sign him to a one-year, maybe two-year contract, but a five-year contract. Yeah, that would be a little ridiculous. But I don't think that's going to happen. But well, yes, if they did I, that, that would be that would be a little scary, I guess. Well, I just worry about wide receiver because Colston has a little bit of history of getting nicked up. Lance Moore's been nicked up. Yeah, you through it. I mean, you know what? Yeah. Colson gets nicked up, and he he's he looks he like a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. He, he he he's like super. He's like Superman. Yeah, that's that's true. So, Kevin, are all the running backs that the Saints currently have on the roster? Are they going to be on the roster come opening day next September? Uh, I don't believe so. And just to backtrack real quick and to, and to follow up on Dave's answer, the the thing that terrifies me is the Saints making all the cap room and saying, oh, uh, so we've noticed that we're, we we may have some issues at wide receiver, so here's our solution, ladies and gentlemen, Randy Moss. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, hey, you're asking, you're asking for terrifying scenarios. I'm giving you one. Um Wide receiver, uh, not wide receiver, running backs. Yeah, I, I, 
I think they're either I think they're getting rid of Chris Ivory or they're gonna try and find somebody to take Mark Ingram. Um I don't I and I, I guess I'd lean more toward Ivory because I feel like I feel like there's still enough mystery involved with Ivory, whereas with Ingram Ingram, I feel like people see enough or feel like they know enough of him to not be sold on him. Uh, if he got more playing time and actually played as well as he did, mm-hmm. you know, in these situations this year and and, pl- and played that well consistently, then I feel like people would have been interested and, and would have offered something for him. But, you know, he, he didn't get enough, uh, didn't get enough touches, didn't get enough playing time. I, I and, and plus, you know, He's still younger, and the, the the situation with him, I guess, looks brighter. So I could see him staying on board. Final question, and then we can all get out of here. I'll start with you, Andrew. When free agency starts, what is it? It starts the 12th, correct? I think it starts Saturday. Saturday the 9th. Okay. So if it starts Saturday... Um, Andrew, what if the Saints make a surprise quick move out of the gate? What are the odds that they do that? And if they do, what uh, what player, either a specific player or a position, do you see them signing if they make a move on, say, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like a quick snap-up move? Well, I don't think they're going to. Um, so, you know, to answer your question about what the odds are, um, I think they're small just because based on their cap situation and based on Mickey Loomis' history, they they kind of let the market settle, you know, before they start to really make their moves. And I, I think that's calculated based on the money they have to spend. And and, and uh, Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton, they're, they're just not one of those teams, um, you know, other than that one investment they really made in Drew Brees and free agency. Um, they have they haven't gone out there and given Mario Williams you know 50 million guaranteed or you know they haven't gone out there and given stupid money to some uh, hot shot free agent defensive player um, so I, I don't really I, I think all that stuff you know the the high ticket players you know the Jake Longs the the big names I think those are going to go off the market first and then once the market starts to settle and you know, some of these players have been free agents for 10 days, for 15 days, um, and they start to realize, okay, I'm not going to get that contract that I was expecting or that I was hoping for. And once reality starts to settle in, that's when the Saints swoop in and they, they get great value and get some terrific players, I think, at, at a decent cost. So um, that, that's what I'm expecting. Now, if something were to happen fast, um, I'm in agreement that the Saints could panic, um, and, and I agree that German Bushrod is not worth what they would pay him, um, especially if it's kind of in the $20 million guaranteed, or sorry, $20 million signing bonus. But, um, you know, I, I think they could potentially panic and sign Bushrod to a big deal, or if Bushrod on the first or second day of free agency signs a big contract with someone else, um, I could see them doing a Carl Nix maneuver where the next highest-rated tackle, um, you know, and it was Ben Grubbs last year at guard, but the next highest-rated tackle gets the same contract they offer Bushrod, and, you know, a day or two after Bushrod's off the market, they announce, hey, we've signed the next best guy to the same money we were offering Bushrod. So 
Um, I could see them potentially making a move like that. Um, and actually, going back to what, what would freak you out the most, um, what would freak me out the most about, and going back to that question that kind of relates to Bushrod, for me it would be if they allow him to sign with someone else and they don't pick up a replacement in free agency and the draft rolls around and then they don't use that first-round pick on a tackle. That would make me panic and, and kind of make me make me really worried about, okay, we don't have any free agents left. We've passed that period. We've lost Bushrod and didn't invest the first round in the tackle. So who is our left tackle going to be? Dave, is, are the Saints going to sign Kenyon Coleman by Sunday morning? Dave, is, has Dave left us? I think Dave has left us. I'm sorry about that. Your, your question was so insulting, he couldn't handle it. He was so, it was so insulting. But he wrote a post about it on Canal Street Chronicle, so I was setting him up for a softball. Um, Kevin, did you see the the uh, the feature on Roger Goodell on, ES, on ESPN, the magazine? Uh, no. I, 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 I put these things aside to read, and I just... Look... Due to, my, due to my extraordinary contempt for the man, I have a hard time opening something up and saying, oh, yeah, let's read 2,000, 3,000 words or more on this guy that you just want to see take a tumble down a flight of stairs. Well, read it read it for next week, because if the Saints don't do any moves, we'll be really struggling for topics. So you can read it and get into a lather, because it, 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 it got me into a lather, and it got me feeling – I always felt like Anthony Hargrove got the rawest of the deals – from the bounty gate, besides maybe Sean Payton, who got suspended for a year. But maybe Hargrove got even worse. And after reading the article, I I feel even worse for Hargrove. I didn't think that was possible. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this question for, for both of you guys. Um, as, as we go into free agency and we sort of try to put the whole bounty 2012 mess behind us, um, what would you say if I said to you, if I said to you, Andrew, Will Smith, Jonathan Vilma, Roman Harper, all three of them, but you only get to keep one on the roster for 2013. Who do you keep? Man, that's tough. <laughs> That's tough because I feel like all three of them have negligible contributions to the field. I mean, I guess I would say that it's funny because I would say that Vilma of the three is probably the most worthless on the field at this point. I know it's going to piss off a lot of fans because they all love Vilma, but I mean, I just watching him run last year up, like he just he's running on one leg and he just cannot move laterally anymore. And on top of that. You're asking him to play in a 3-4 now, which is the reason he was traded from his old team in the first place, because he couldn't cut it in that scheme. So um, I, I just I just don't see how Vilma on the field fits with this team, but he is without question the heart, soul, and vocal leader. Now, obviously, that he was distracted this year, but having him on the field did nothing, you know, or even in the locker room giving guys advice and helping with the coaching, whatever. Um, so... So that's, Vilma's tough, you know, because there, there's the whole he's not that great on the field, but he I, I don't think he's got anything left in the tank with his knee issues, but I do think he's the best leader. 
Um, Will Smith is a disappointment, but I could see him, you know, kind of having a rebound year. Um, and I, I don't feel like Will Smith is as bad as some people think he is. And then Roman Harper is kind of the wild card because I, I just think he's overpaid. Like, I, I just yeah. think for $7 million a year, they're just not getting much worth out of him. But, you know, he, he he's a capable player. He's decent. Um, and he's definitely not great. Um, so I'm not in love with any of the three. Um, but if I can only keep one, I guess it's Harper just because he's younger. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe – Rob Ryan comes up with some crazy idea where he he turns into an outside linebacker in a 3-4 and it revitalizes his career and completely changes his game and, and all of a sudden he's a superstar again. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you, you remember the year he got like seven sacks. Yeah, I mean, the, two years the, ago, right? Yeah, the thing with Roman, yeah. Well, well, yeah, the thing with Roman, the Roman Harper contract that I never understood, and Kevin, we'll let you answer this question in a second. The thing I, I never understood about the Roman Harper contract is all the contracts that the Saints have given out, you know, the Will Smith huge contract, the Vilma huge contract, they had to give those out. I mean, somebody was going to pay Will Smith. Tampa would have paid Vilma when he was a free agent. The Roman Harbor contract, they didn't have to pay him $7 million a year. I never understood why they felt they had to give him $28 million for four years and $15 million guarantee. Like, that contract, it was like other safeties were getting half of that. I never yeah. quite understood why they felt the need to give Roman Harper that contract. Which And the Saints have always been good about, hey, this is what we're going to give you. If you don't take it, we move along. And it, it just it, – it, that is one of the, the one of the few really bad contracts that you could say Loomis gave out. Um, but Kevin – Meanwhile, meanwhile, they've gotten away with policing Pierre Thomas at every turn. Yes, exactly. So, Kevin – Roman Harper, Will Smith, Jonathan Vilma, you can only keep one for 2013. Who is it? That's a tough one. Yeah, well, I mean, because part of me, part of me was wondering, part of me was lingering on the Vilma thing because, one, I'm sentimental, and two, I'm an idiot. And Jews, you know, basically just kicked the shit out of that one. So... Uh, I, I think we can scratch him off. Uh, love the guy to death. Um, and I'm I'm going to say Will Smith. I'm going to say Will Smith because I think maybe the Saints. You know, I, I guess I guess you hang on to Smith. You find either an end or a nose in free agency, maybe, and then you use the other pick. On uh, and you use that first round pick to pick up the guy that, that the spot that's left. So if you find a nose in free agency, like the one you mentioned, the Steelers guy earlier. So let's say you convince him to come down and make a shot at a playoff run. You pay him to be the nose. You pick up the other end in in the first round, and you tell Will Smith, "Hey, it's fucker walk this season. So if you uh, if you don't uh, produce or step up." You're gone. Uh, so that's it. And by that point, he'll have already seen that you essentially shot Jonathan Vilma behind the shed, and you essentially let uh, let Roman Harper run free, uh, let, let him loose on on the side of the interstate. And so hopefully that'll uh, put the fear of God in him and get him to run, or get him to tackle the shit out of somebody finally. I think I keep I think I keep Will Smith because I think like Andrew says I think he has a lot of value as a three four end, um, 
yeah. against against the run. Um, Jonathan Vilma, that's the guy I want him to keep because I feel like even if he's the last linebacker on the roster, I just I I like the guy so much. And Roman Harper, I just feel like the Saints could could cut him, and I don't think that'd be a huge market for him. And I think he could come back at the Saints. They, the Saints could say, "Look, you're going to make X, and this is what you're going to get." And I don't think any other team would want him, maybe. Um, but on that note, gentlemen, for Dave Cariello, our fearless leader, for Andrew Juge, go to Saints Nation, read his fantastic best and worst uh, picks, draft picks in Saints history. It's very fun. And Kevin Held, who does the power rankings and other musings on Canal Street Chronicles when he feels that he has the time and he's not uh, stone cold drunk. Uh, for all of them, I'm Ralph Marlborough. So long. Until next week, be safe. Rest in peace, Paul Bearer. <laughs>